Good morning. You don't have to do it right now, but sometime before you leave today, I want you to find somebody and tell them something great that God has done, that we would encourage and bless one another with testimonies of the greatness of our our God. And if we look around, there is no doubt that we will find that He does great things for us and among us each and every day. It is so Great to be with you here this morning as we worship um, together. Um, just to let you know, um, Christina is not here this morning because Ellie is, is sick. And so um, I'm always thankful that we have so many folks that are not only willing but able to step in and, and lead. And so thank you, Michelle and Curtis, for helping along with, with that. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord, and we are great to see you. And we are excited this morning. We'll not only finish our our look at the book of Second Peter, but also at the conclusion of our our service, um, we have the exciting privilege of participating in a in a baby dedication. Um, we'll get to meet baby Augustine um, at the end of our our service and celebrate with Jean Pierre and his family um, the welcoming of a of a new child to their family and just their commitment to dedicate them to the Lord. And so we look forward to that. Let me just. Um, mention a few things to you before we, we read from Ephesians chapter 5. Um, you may I mentioned last week, and you may have seen it in the bulletin, um, next Sunday night, August the 14th at 6 p.m., we're going to have a church fellowship and a movie night. We're going to gather together to watch a movie produced by Voice of the Martyrs about Sabina Wormbrand. Um, it's an exciting story about, about faith, forgiveness, 
and love. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that. But I think better than me describing it to you, it would be probably a little more interesting for you to see a trailer of what um, you can anticipate. So um, Jeff's going to hit play, and if you take a look at the screen, um, you'll see what we're, we're going to watch next Sunday evening together. I want the same things every girl wants. And then a little bit more. I want you to meet some more. Oh. Is every bit as ambitious as you? <laughs> Who's this? She is my niece, Sabina Osser. My mother is nagging me to get married. She's even picked out a girl. That sounds very nice for you. What do you think? I think my mother should ask me that question. Your mother's gonna kill me. can be looking for you today. I'm not hiding. Maybe you should. Uh, since it's a Vina Bombard, we can get you to the border if we leave now. I know this is ridiculous. I'm collecting all the verses in the Bible that tell us not to be afraid. I think I might need to leave alone. If we stay... I'll follow the others into prison. It will be the end of our life together. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. We believe this or we don't. I think we have to stand. We have a job to do. next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, and so hopefully that gives you a taste of what you'll experience. Um, I mentioned last week that um, Flower Rock Media was using our building on Thursday evening to, uh, to film for their online series, Vindication. There were several folks from the church here that were a part of that, and um, Jeff spent the evening here um, serving and, and watching over the building and help also serving the staff, and he took a few pictures just to show you some of the ways that um, they use the building. So thanks to Jeff and, and to John who came and, and hung out and they were literally all over the building. And so, uh, so that just gives you an idea and they were inside and outside and so we're thankful um, just for the opportunity to allow them to use the building and we're just thankful for those ways that we can partner with uh, members of our community. Um, two other things before we read from Ephesians. First of all, just a reminder that during the month of August, we're taking a break from our, our 11 o'clock Bible study. So there's no midweek Bible study, and there's also um, no evening prayer meeting at 6.30. We'll resume those um, on September the 7th. We'll gather back together both for lunch and for prayer. And so just utilize those times to, uh, to do the things you need to during the day or, or just pick a time to pray during the week and make plans to join us back in September. And then finally, next Sunday morning, right after our morning worship service, we'll have a, a called business meeting. We set the date last week, and that is to um, consider recommendations from our nominating committee. 
in the selection of a special committee to look at um, adding additional staff here at Cross Timber. And so the, the committee is working to, to contact those, and we'll have a, a list to present next Sunday morning and a meeting. Um, and so make plans to, to be a part of that, and hopefully we can take care of that in a, in a reasonable amount of time. Our scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start reading there in verse 15 and read through the 21st verse together. Paul writes these words to the Ephesians. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the will of understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Gentlemen, will you come and we receive our offering? Because of all the good things that you've done for us, and Lord, to recognize you as the creator, as the sustainer of all things, and the owner of all things. We thank you, Lord, that we're yours, and you own us, and we are the sheep of your pasture. And we thank you now, Lord, that we have a chance to give back as you have directed us, uh, part of what you have given into our hands, that it might be used to spread your word here in this church, this city, and all around the world. And we give you thanks for what you've done for us and made this possible for us to participate in. In Jesus' name, amen. This is an Andrew Peterson song that really speaks to me. I hope it speaks to you, too. As we gather around this table, we remember and proclaim Christ has died, Christ has risen Christ will come again There's nothing to fear And everything to gain And so we gather here to remember To remember and proclaim Every footstep tells the story As the people join the feast We remember His blood and body Broken for you and me One step and we remember The other we proclaim His death until He comes Oh, He's coming back He's coming back again Every time we break the bread, we drink the wine, I can hear the song in my heart and my head. 
friends and neighbors to celebrate again around a different kind of table we remember just the same this feast it is a battle we wage against the night this joy is just a shadow of the resurrection of the resurrection of life every time we break the bread, we drink the wine, I can hear the song in my heart and my head, I sing along, we remember, we proclaim, his death until he comes again, we remember, we proclaim, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. He said we're a few in number, but, you know, the Lord won a battle with Gideon and 300 men against uh, 185,000 people or something or other warriors. So I'm going to commission the rest of you to stand because really and truly we are all entering in to worship the Lord this morning. As I was praying earlier, what came to my mind was that, you know, as we sing we are joining the angels who are already around the throne. And they are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, who is and who was and is to come. And so let's this morning, let's worship the one, the only one, the mighty God.
Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
Thank you. You may be seated. Isn't it good news to know that even in the midst of situations where every bit of you would want to say there's nothing well, that in the Lord Jesus we can say it is well with my soul. What a wonderful song and a great reminder of the faithfulness of our wonderful God. you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3. We've got just a few verses to look at at the end of the chapter as we conclude our, our look at the little letter of 2 Peter. I encourage you to find your place there, but while you're working your way toward 2 Peter, I'm going to remind you of something that you probably don't need to be reminded of, but life is filled with times where you have to wait. And because we have both patient people and impatient people in the world, waiting can be a source of great frustration. We wait in line. We wait in traffic. You have to wait on the doctor. Sometimes you have to wait at home for a package to be delivered. And during those times that we are waiting, we we have a choice to make. On one side of the coin, we could waste the time that we have doing something that really doesn't matter. And you can insert into that whatever great time waster you enjoy. Or you can use that time as an opportunity. You can make the best use of that time or use it wisely. That's why we read from Ephesians earlier about making the best use of our time. And as we come to the end of Second Peter... As we close out our study of what it means to have thriving faith, we're going to explore together the idea of what we are supposed to do while we are waiting. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the return of Jesus. But since the days are dark and the time is short, we don't have time to waste. Now, as we've been looking through Second Peter, we've hopefully understood just a little bit of what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus, that he radically transforms our life and he empowers us to to live a life that is authentic in a world that's full of fake and to be abundant, live abundantly in a life that in a world that really needs to see Christians living the way we should. And I hope we began to understand just a little bit of that and to find the truth that God has given us everything we need in Jesus. That as we experience the Holy Spirit's work in our life and He begins to make changes, that we can begin to move from struggling to thriving. And so my hope today in the time that we have is to apply some of the the truths that we've looked at in Peter to our lives, mainly that we don't have time to waste and that God has given us an opportunity to redeem the time that we have 
for his purpose and for his glory. And so the simple sentence I want to help use to help us get to thinking about it today is that thriving faith purposely prepares for the return of Jesus. Thriving faith purposely prepares for the return of Jesus. I want to read these last few verses of the of the letter and then pray and then we'll we'll move along in our study this morning. So in verse 14, Peter writes concluding his letter. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters there are some things in them that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures you therefore beloved knowing this beforehand take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity amen Lord we ask for your help this morning as we look at your word together thanking you in advance for your willingness to do that and so Lord we know that you are going to speak and we ask you to prepare our hearts to listen we would not only listen with our ears and our minds, but also with our hearts. That we would come before you with humility, seeking to walk in your truth and to obey what you call us to do. So Lord, speak to us during this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So at the very end of the letter, Peter returns to the main ideas that he starts with at the very beginning. That the goal of being a Christian is to thrive, to grow in your relationship with Jesus, to live abundantly, to have an active faith where you're not just sitting around doing nothing, and then also standing firm in what you believe in the faith, reminding them again that the good news is we've got everything that we need. You're not lacking anything. And the responsibility that we have on our part is to realize what's ours and then take advantage of it, to put it into practice. And when we grow in Jesus and begin to thrive, over time we begin to be more like Jesus. We grow in holiness and godliness. We looked at that last week and we'll look at it a little more this morning. That we naturally want to share about Jesus, to share our story about how Jesus has made a difference in our life and how he can make a difference in other people's lives. But also the need to keep our guard up, to be on the defense, because there's evil and deception all around us. And in the last five verses of this chapter, Peter uses four very strong verbs. In fact, they're, they're commands. They're things that we must do, and they're in the present tense, so they're things that we need to just keep on doing. To start and to continue until the end. And so until Jesus returns or he calls us home, we've got some work to do. 
some things that we should be up to while we are waiting. And the first thing is seen there in verse 14, and it's simply, we should pursue purity with purpose. Some good P's there for you. Look at verse 14. Beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So he speaks to his dear friends and he tells them, you're waiting for these things, which makes us wonder what are those things. Well, it refers back to the previous verse, verse 13, the return of Jesus or the creation of the new heavens and the new earth. It's a theme that runs throughout the letter that Jesus is coming back and we should be ready. And in the light of this, he says, don't just sit there, do things that matter. And he gives four priorities. The first one we're looking at right here is holiness that come from an inside-out transformation. That when we say Jesus is the Lord of our life, He begins to form His character in us. And then what happens on the inside of us shows on the outside. It bears itself as fruit or fruit of the Spirit. And so the first thing we're looking at is that holiness. And, and, you know, holiness is not something that is for the super spiritual or for just ministers. It's, it's a goal that every Christian should strive toward. And he says, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish. Once again, Peter takes us back to the Old Testament and he begins to paint a picture us for us to see. And the picture is of an Old Testament sacrificial system where an animal was chosen for sacrifice and it was supposed to be pure and perfect, holy and without blemish. Reminding us that our character constantly needs work, but also pointing forward to Jesus, the perfect, sinless sacrifice who is holy and blameless the one who is our standard to be like jesus but also our motivation and our empowerment and because god's spirit is in us we are given a desire to be holy remember last week we talked about the pig you know and how you could wash a pig and no matter what happens the pig is going to go back to the mud it's because of the nature of that pig is to do what pigs do. Without Jesus, we have the nature that wants us to do what we want to do. But when we have Jesus in our life, we have a new nature in us, and suddenly the desires of Jesus become more and more our desires over time as we, as Paul says, as we die to ourself and we live to the Lord Jesus. And Peter is very strong in his encouragement. He says, we should be motivated to make every effort to grow in holiness. It's the idea of committing to something with eagerness, determination, not giving up. Now we could last for a little bit on our own excitement and strength, but pretty soon if we didn't have something to help us, we would give up. But God gives us His Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in us not only gives us a desire to be holy, it gives us the power that we need to be 
holy. Holiness in our, our thoughts, in our motivations, and then holiness in our, in our actions. So holiness is, is a goal, but holiness is also a daily and practical thing. You know, I mentioned earlier, it's not for just those super Christians or, or ministers. No, it, it should season every bit of our, our life. It's for every person that is a follower of Jesus. That high calling that the Lord makes that we should be holy because He is holy. Now that requires our trust and faith. It also requires us to depend moment by moment on Jesus. And as we grow daily in holiness, we begin to stand out in in a dark world. We stand out in a good way, but in the eyes of the world, sometimes that good way is not as exciting to them. So as Jesus shines through you, as you commit to live a holy life, the difference that is there will be noticed. But he adds a little sentence, he adds a little phrase to the end of that, and peace. And I think if you connect those, you you get to the idea that when we pursue holiness, we experience the peace that God brings to us through reconciliation. Now, I don't know, unless you're one of those people that just enjoys conflict constantly, most individuals enjoy reconciliation when things are right, when You can look at somebody and say, are we okay? Yeah, we're okay. Okay, I'm good. You're good. And you know there's no animosity. Because of the sin in our life, sometimes and most constantly, there becomes barriers or garbage that get between us and God. Communication lines are not as clear as they need to be. We have difficulty reading our Bibles or praying. And we know down deep that something's not right because we've been up to something that we know we shouldn't and we need to confess it. But through Jesus, God made a way for man to be at peace. I don't know how you can help from just jumping up and yelling, Hallelujah, when you read through Romans and you read, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we also have obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That through relationship with Jesus we can be turned from enemies of God to friends of God, to be in a right relationship and enjoy a peace that we as humans have a hard time understanding. And when sin comes in, when sin goes around unchecked and unconfessed, the peace is still there that God provides. But we don't experience the peace. We feel guilty. We feel uneasy. We feel uncomfortable. God makes it that way because He wants us to do something about it. And that something that we do is confession and repentance. 
And when that comes, just like Acts says, it's a time of refreshing, a washing over you, a cleansing that brings about peace. Because when things are right between you and God, you experience peace. The Bible tells us that peace guards our heart and our mind. And that peace not only spills over, it not only is between you and God, but it spills over into being able to live at peace with other people. It's like nothing else the world can offer. You know, we can do our best to get along, but God can actually make a way for us to live at peace. And God wants that peace for you, but He doesn't just want it for you. He wants it for every person. He wants every person alive to experience peace in Jesus. And because of that, God waits. And so in verse 15, you see this idea that Peter suggests that we should consider God's patience as an opportunity for salvation. Or as Peter says, and count the the patience of the Lord as salvation. That God in His plan delays judgment to provide people the opportunity to repent. You can see the same idea in verse 9 there in chapter 3. That God is waiting so that more people have an opportunity to repent. And he says there to count the patience of the Lord as salvation. That word count means to think about something and come to a conclusion. It's actually, it's a mathematical term. It reminded me of a phrase that we have at our house. There's, you can't guess in math. Um, you can. Um, you're free to get the wrong answer when you do guess. But, you know, you can't guess in math. And in the same way, we don't have to guess about the reason that God is waiting for Jesus to return. Paul, Peter tells us that we should think about that and come to the conclusion that the reason God is waiting is because we should count the Lord's patience as salvation. Now, there's no denying the truth that the world around us, this sinful world, and all sinners deserve judgment. We're all guilty. None of us are innocent. But God stands as a merciful God. And each day that God waits to send Jesus back to the earth is one more day that a sinner has the opportunity to repent and turn to Jesus. And in the same way, each day God waits to send Jesus back to earth, gives you and I one more day to tell someone the good news about Jesus. Because God doesn't want anyone to perish, but He wants everyone to come to repentance. It's so beautiful if you think about the picture of what God has done on our behalf, that He made a way for salvation, for peace through Jesus. And that because He is kind, His kindness leads us toward repentance and then in his patience his long suffering he allows time for it but we have to always remember that god won't wait forever that patience will come to an end jesus will return and at that time the whole world will be judged the end will come 
And only those who have trusted in Jesus will be saved. There won't be any second chances. But while he waits, his patience is salvation. But while he waits to return, we must also be watchful. The third thing you see in your your outline is to be on your guard. It's a military term. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Stability, not stability. Take care. Take care like a watchman watching over your life and the life of others. You know, they put warning labels on products usually for a purpose. In the days that we live in now, usually um, a lot of those warning labels come because of um, the ignorance of human beings and their willingness to do things that common sense tells them not to do. But warning labels in general inform us about things that we need to watch out for. And Peter's warning label all throughout this letter is be ready Jesus is coming back. And the verb he uses, the command here, is take care. So if we consider that as a watchman and their responsibility, a watchman is given a job, and their responsibility involves knowing what they need to watch out for. So if they are stationed Outside, protecting something, they are watching out for the enemy. They are charged to stay alert and stay awake. Their job is to be diligent, to look around, to keep watch. And the service that they render is unselfish. They are standing on behalf of others. They're giving up their sleep, their comfort to look out over something to make sure that everyone else is safe. And so Peter tells us that we should take care or keep watch that we're not carried away with error and that we lose our stability. He alerts us to what we need to be on guard for because there are lies and deception all around us. We shouldn't be surprised because the Bible tells us that Satan himself is the father of lies. The evil world around us deals in constant lies. And Peter has reminded his readers and reminds us that we need to be careful for false teachers and false teaching. Why? Because if we're not careful, we can fall into believing a lie. And soon we're led away from the faith or we become unstable or waver in what we believe. And the false teachers, the error of the lawless people was the idea that Jesus is not really coming back. You can live the way you want to. It doesn't really matter. And if this 
lie was believed, it could carry them away and make them unstable in the faith. If you've ever been to the ocean, or if you've ever stood in a river that's swiftly flowing, you you know what a current feels like. In fact, moving water can be a very powerful force. And sometimes what is below the surface doesn't show on the surface. And if you're not careful while you're standing in a river or in the ocean, you can get swept off your feet, <laughs> swept down stream in the river or swept out to sea. So to assure your safety, you need to, to make sure that your feet are firmly planted on something that's solid. Now, if you're in the ocean, that's a challenge because there's sand underneath you. But generally, you know, it's not a good time to try to stand on one foot or to stand with your feet as close together as you can. You try to, you know, keep a wide base and brace yourself. The same thing in a river. And if our spiritual feet aren't firmly planted in Jesus, it can be very easy to lose your stability and be carried away. And so Peter challenges us to be on guard spiritually. To be firmly planted in Jesus, the true vine. To be connected to Him. Another way you could think of that, if you're trying to picture it in your mind, is to think about a tree with with deep roots that can stand up to both high winds and harsh conditions that those deep roots are able to keep the tree stable and receive nourishment down deep from the ground that are needed for survival. Last October, handed out coffee mugs and a bookmark with five questions. And one of those questions at the very top is, are you rooted in God's Word or Christ daily? Because as Peter would remind us, A growing believer has to be closely connected to Jesus. It's the wonder of God's work in us that we have the relationship that not only are we in Christ, but Christ is in us. And all the blessings of heaven are made available to us. And as we wait, and as we want to thrive, that we can rest in the truth of God's Word, that when we're empty, we have access to all of the fullness of God, intimate relationship with Jesus. Amen. And that when we're alone, we realize that we have a friend that will never leave us. We have direct access to the Father in the name of Jesus. When we call on God, we have the Assurance that He will answer. When we're weak, we realize it's His power at work in us and through us and not our own. And when we're discouraged, we are reminded that He is able to do far more than we dare ask or even imagine. And that in Him we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So purity, patience, and being on guard all lead back 
to the main idea of 2 Peter, thriving in our relationship with Jesus. Nothing in the world is like it. You can read throughout history the stories of both men and women who have experienced a thriving relationship with Jesus and how God used them on every corner of the earth to turn the world upside down. And so the last point in your bulletin is just to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. The key to avoiding error, the key to being unstable is to grow in Jesus. Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he bursts out in praise as he ends the letter. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Grow both in grace and knowledge. We grow in God's grace. Because God loves you and loves the world. He freely gives what we do not deserve. Theologian John Stott described grace this way. Grace is love that cares, stoops, and rescues. God's grace offers us forgiveness, salvation, reconciliation, the opportunity to live an abundant life and receive all the eternal rewards. But God's grace does more than save us. It also keeps us. And we can rest confident in the fact that God will give us the grace that we need for every day that we live and every circumstance we undergo. John Newton testifies to that in his hymn, Amazing Grace. His grace has brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. All the way home. But he says also the knowledge of Jesus. Not head knowledge, not book knowledge, but heart knowledge. That we come to know by relationship or experience. And here's how it works. The closer the relationship, the greater the knowledge. The closer we are to Jesus, the more we experience of His presence in our life. And knowing Jesus personally, daily, intimately is the key to faith from beginning to end. In fact, chapter 1, verse 3 that we looked at several weeks ago reminds us that His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So how can your faith thrive, let me say it again, know Jesus personally. What does it involve? It involves spending time with Him daily in His Word, reading your Bible, paper form, electronic form, on your phone, on your computer, on a tablet. And then spending time talking with Him in prayer. And the more you know Jesus, the more you'll grow in Jesus. And the more you grow, the more He will give you the desire to obey Him. And the more you step forward in obedience, the more of Him you will experience. 
And so the yes he's calling you to right now may open the door to the next deep, intimate experience you have with him. And your unwillingness to yield and say yes could be what's keeping that door closed or holding you back for what God has for you. Thriving faith continues to grow all the days of our life. It's life-changing. It builds excitement in our lives. It gives us a, a desire to share His love, and it prepares us for the day that He's coming back. In fact, thriving faith purposely prepares for the return of Jesus. You might not remember, but on June the 19th, I mentioned a very beautiful green squash vine in our garden. And I looked back at my notes and I told you that it was loaded with blooms. Squash was appearing and growing quickly and that the plant was growing and bearing fruit. I sadly report to you today on August the 7th that there is no vine. It is withered. It's dried. It's dead. There's no bloom. There's no more squash. And when I think about that vine, I can't help but think about some of us. And so while we're waiting for Jesus to return, how might you describe yourself? Are you in the category, I'm just doing the best I can to survive, but I'm not really trusting Jesus? Or are you frustrated? don't think I'm making any progress. I'm not getting anywhere. Or maybe some are angry. Why is all this happening to me? Or maybe even saddest of all, you're just satisfied. I'm happy the way I am with the way things are. Can I be honest? None of those are what God intended. He intended for you to thrive. In 1917, Wilbur Rees wrote a little pamphlet and a book, a little pamphlet and a poem. And the poem in the pamphlet was called $3 Worth of God. And I think it describes how many people view God and maybe some of us. I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or pick beets with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal and a paper sack. I'd like to buy $3 worth of God. So my question while we're waiting, how much of God do you want today? Are you satisfied? Or do you long for more? He made you to thrive. He made you to experience all of His glorious riches, to grow in Jesus all the days of His life, to grow in His grace, to understand the depth of His mercy, to deepen your relationship over time, to bear fruit that would last, to not waste time. And that fruit's for the good of others and brings Him glory. 
Now, I'll be honest, the, the journey's not easy. There's struggles, there's challenges, there's enemies. We'll fight against our flesh until Jesus comes. The world is against us, and the enemy, the devil, is still there, searching to steal, kill, and destroy. He prowls like a roaring lion. But we are not unequipped, brothers and sisters. And in the midst of things, if we want to, we can thrive. But in the midst of things, if you don't want to thrive, you don't have to. You can languish. You can sit around. You can do nothing. But if you want to walk in victory, if you want to walk in hope, you can. Because as Corinthians says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have no place to ever say the deck is stacked against us that this is too hard a life to live and we just can't do it because god never asked you to do it on your own he asked you to trust in his son to live as new creations in christ to be transformed filled daily with his spirit and be an influence to be an impacting person in the world around you to love your neighbor to be bold witnesses god made you to thrive because he's coming back We don't have time to waste. Pursue holiness, purity with a purpose. Consider God's patience and salvation, realizing that it's not going to last forever. Be on your guard and continue to grow in Jesus. And we end with praise. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We pray with me. Lord Jesus, it's challenging to listen to your your word it's easy to get excited and fired up about what you can do but so much of what you're willing to do is dependent on our willingness to yield to you And if we had to be completely honest, the question this morning is, do we want to thrive? Or do we want to stay the way we are? Do we want to simply pass the time doing mindless things until you come back? Or do we want to get serious about what it means to serve you? From your perspective, the choice is easy. The choice is already laid out. You've made us to thrive. You've provided everything we need to thrive. You have a plan and a purpose, and you want to use us to make an impact until you return. But are we willing? What will we do while we're waiting? We need to hear from you. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You know, week after after week, we conclude our, our service in, in the typical fashion. We provide opportunity for, for response. And, and we do that because you, you never know in, in what way and in what timing God is going to speak to hearts. So I know sometimes it seems repetitive. I say probably the same things um, in mostly the same way. But we we do this with with purpose because God 
if we're, li- if we're willing to listen, he is willing to, to speak. So in these moments, the worship team is going to sing a song, and our job is to listen to God. God, what do you want me to do? And then wrestle with that for a moment. And the yes may come immediately, and you step forward. There may be an inner struggle, and you're going back and forth with the Lord, with, Lord, this is hard. I don't want to do this. Lord, I need you to help me. And then you trust in Him to give you the yes by the power of His Spirit. If there's a burden on your heart that you just need to lift off this morning and roll it onto the Lord. Things He never intended you to carry. Worries, doubts, fears, frustrations. Anger, bitterness, temptation, struggles, roll them on to Jesus. Maybe today is the day saying, hey, I want you to be here, planted in this church family, growing along with them, encouraging, serving, loving for his glory. Or maybe today is the day you just first of all realize, hey, I heard some things about Jesus, but I don't know Jesus, but I want to. Today's the day. If you seek after him, you'll find him. Simply just say, Jesus, I need you, and I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm turning for my sin, and I'm turning to you, because what I've been doing is not working very good. But I need you. Whatever the decision, I trust the Lord will, will work in your heart. But I do invite you to, to join, stand with us as we sing, and as we listen to the Lord response. Why don't you be seated for a moment? Um, jump here. Why don't you and your your family and, and Augustine come? Um, I'll give you a moment. And then, Justin, if I could maybe invite you to come up with us. Let me ask you to pray for them as well. Um,
and Rose, why don't you come up here? And the rest of the family left. Everybody, this is baby Augustine. Oh my goodness, you are cute. Oh, and we got a, a big brother waving. I asked him earlier if he was a big brother. He said no. So, but you are the big brother. Come on over here. Oh, thank the Lord. What? What a wonderful, wonderful family. So. You know, they visited a couple weeks ago, and they just wanted to, to dedicate um, Augustine to the Lord. And so we wanted to honor him um, in that. And so rather than me pray in English for him, I'm going to ask um, Justin if he will pray um, over them in Swahili. tutaomba uh, baba yetu wa mbinguni uh, tunakushukuru na kubariki jina lako kwa kuwa ulipenda mtoto huyu uh, awe leo mikononi mwa wazazi tunaomba mtakatifu kwa neema na upendo wako umbariki mtoto Jova kubali mbingu na ardhi zimkubali katika jina la Yesu Kristo Kumana Biblia natuambia wakati alikuwa bado ajaingia ndani ya tumbo la mamake ulimjua na unalengwa na mipangilio kwa ajili ya maisha yake. Haleluya Jova. Acha mtoto aonekane bwana kuwa baraka kwa familia, baraka kwa jamii ama society. Acha bwana awe utukufu ambao utakuwa kukurudilia Roho Mtakatifu amngoze um, siku zote za maisha. Akomai kwa salama na katika jina la Yesu Kristo bwana mkozi tunaomba. Amen. Amen. And, and as a, as your as your church family, we want to let you know that we are, we will be praying. We'll pray for you, and we'll support you. We'll support you as you. You seek to raise Augustine to fear the Lord and for all of your family. Na kukusaidia kwa gisi unapenda kufuatilia mtoto ajiunge na kumfuata Kristo kama vile Bwana na mwokozi. Before maybe they leave, uh, could you guys? I have a question. I have a request before uh, they would like uh, to carry the baby. As Jesus uh, took the baby. That's the meaning. Oh, okay, what? We carry the baby. Take the baby. Yes. I don't remember the last time I've held a baby, so here we go. Oh my gosh. Hey, buddy. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Hey, buddy. Did you pray? Yeah, that's uh, it's just the meaning when they bring the baby to the pastor. 
in that way the father they bring the baby to the father he's overpowering you yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to pray for him alright yeah. uh, Jesus we thank you for the wonderful joy of a crying baby we thank you for the life that you have intended for him to live and the parents you've given him and Lord you would help him to grow in wisdom and stature in favor with God and, man. and as Jesus grew that you would grow him up to learn to love you all of your days and Lord we pray now for his, we pray for the days ahead that he would follow you walk in your truth and have joy in his heart and we pray in Jesus name Amen 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 you did that may be the most I've sweated in a long time. <laughs> so I just want you to know that I've, I've broken a, uh, a personal um, age barrier that I have. Um, there has to be, in, in my opinion, before I'm comfortable holding a, a, an infant, um, one of the things that is important to me is them being able to hold their own head up. Because there's that, that crazy moment, and y'all know, and y'all can just laugh at me all you want, when they just all of a sudden just go, you know, and, and you're like, what do you do? And so, anyway, the Lord was gracious, and Augustine behaved, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, y'all join me in standing. It's good to, to celebrate these wonderful um, things together as a church family, and there's nothing more exciting than a new baby. And, um, and it's just a great reminder of the fact that God's working all the time, bringing new life to those that trust in Him. We're going to sing a song together, and when we sing, um, you're free to go. So, Lord bless you. Mm-hmm.